It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. It's Monday, August 28th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynes, the uh, Guardians are keeping us interested. They uh, come from behind uh, a couple of times and and pull out an extra innings win on Sunday to take the series and the season series on the road in Toronto. Uh, Kind of exciting to watch the uh, the veterans, Cole Calhoun and uh, Ramon Laureano, come up big uh, late in the game, uh, leading this this young squad uh, of hitters. Uh, and, and, you know, these guys have only been around for a couple of weeks. I know, Joe. I mean, I'm not sure exactly what they're doing here, you know, after they traded all their veterans at, before the deadline, but, uh, they're here. Uh, Cole Calhoun is playing well and, uh, L- Loriano is, you know, they claimed him off waivers from Oakland. You know, I talked to both those guys after, uh, Sunday's, uh, 10 to seven win in 11 innings and they're, they're fired up, man. They haven't been in a, uh, kind of a postseason chase uh for for a few you know for several years and they're kind of playing like uh you know they're they're in something right now now from the outside looking in we may have our doubts with uh Cleveland going into this series six games out but they feel the fever man well and and really uh you put it you know perfectly in the the post you put up this morning uh it, the, the playoffs begin now the postseason chase begins right now with this series opening today in Minnesota, uh, and it's it's winner lose it's winner go home for the Guardians. Uh, they can either finish this series uh, trailing the Twins by three games, five games, seven games, or nine games, uh, depending on which, which way the uh, the three uh, three results uh, come out. Uh, I, I'm sure Terry Francona and the uh, the Guardians would much rather be looking at a three game deficit instead of a nine-game deficit uh, when they come home at the end of this week. Yeah, it's critical. Uh, They have to sweep or at least win the series, Joe, for them to get back in this thing because then they turn around and play them again at home uh, on September from September 4th to the September 6th in another three-game set, and that's it. You know, that's the last time they'll see the Twins. So it's kind of now or never for uh, the, the Guardians. Uh, right now, uh, who's hot at the plate for the Guardians? Uh, Jose Ramirez, uh, you know, uh, sort of continues to rewrite the uh, the Cleveland baseball record books. Uh, another 2020, uh, 20 home runs, 20 stolen base uh, season, and he's doing it uh, in the power category right now uh, with a couple of home runs in that last series. 
Yeah, just uh, and, and he beat him both right-handed, Joe, which is kind of his weak side. He, you know, he hit uh, Rue the on Saturday, the Toronto's you know lefty, and then and then he got uh, the other lefty, uh, uh, Kikuchi. Uh, yeah, Kikuchi on Sunday, and uh, you know both nice shots uh, into the left field seats in the second deck in the in uh, in left field at a Rogers Center. He looks like. Uh, I think he feels it too, Joe. I think he feels what um, what uh, Liriano and and uh, Calhoun feel that you know that this is the time to make a move. And you know he's been trying. Uh, you know we were talking to him uh, before Sunday's game, and he said it's difficult. He said uh, because the, the lineup is so young, and he's getting pitched to differently. But he's making adjustments, and he's telling the other hitters to make adjustments. So we'll see if if he gets on a little roll here, because they certainly could use it. Yeah, for all of the the hope and the promise of a young lineup, and you know what they were able to do last year, and 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 everything, you need veterans like uh, Jose Ramirez. You need guys like Cole Calhoun and and um, and Ramon Laureano to be those steadying presences that they are in the clubhouse. And right now, that's working. Uh, this this time last year was, you know, when they came to, to Minnesota at around this time last season is when they really sort of, you know, took off and put the put the separation between uh, the two clubs. They're not going to be able to do that, uh, you know, at this this season uh, in terms of the timing of things, but they'll they'll be able to draw closer if they can win this series. And, and it really did last season sort of springboard into uh you know that great September run that they had, where they went 24 and six down the stretch, and 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 were able to you know ride it to a, a division title. Uh, it, if they're going to do that this year, it's going to be on the backs of the uh, the young starting pitching. And you've got Xavion Curry going tonight. Uh, you've got Gavin Williams going tomorrow, and Tanner Bybee, uh, you know, who's become just almost a, a an absolute lock when he goes out there and pitches. Uh, to get you deep into a ball game and get you 10 strikeouts. Uh, he's uh, he's going to, uh, you know, bring it home on, on Wednesday. Uh, you know, can the can the young pitching staff that the Guardians have right now uh, do this? Can they pull off this miracle? Well, they're going to be tested for sure, Joe. Uh, the Twins are, you know, that's a veteran lineup over there. Uh, they've got a great pitching staff that they put together, veteran pitching staff. They're, they've been playing well since the All-Star break. Not great but better than Cleveland so they could pull away in the division. Uh, so, you know, uh, I think, uh, you know, we've seen these, these, uh, you know, these, these rookies, you know, through, you know, they've been, what Bybee's been up here since what late April, right? So yeah, he, uh, he's not a rookie anymore. He's not a rookie anymore. He's a 10 game winner. Uh, you know, I talked to him yesterday. He's confident. He's cool. The same with Curry. You know, I think uh, we'll see. We'll see how they do. But I I don't think uh, they're going to be scared. Let's put it that way. Now, the, the results might not be great, but uh, I think they're going to be confident because they, they've all pitched well. Yeah, they, they've seen that their stuff plays at this level, I think. And, and that's the, the most important thing is confidence right now. Uh, and they don't know what they don't know at this point. So. Let's see what they do if they can uh, go out and, and produce. Uh, yesterday, can't overlook the uh, the effort of um, Sam Henches, Emmanuel Classe, uh, out of the bullpen yesterday uh, to to come up with that that big huge win in Toronto. Come back uh, late in the game, uh, score four runs in extra innings, and and really sort of put things away. 
Uh, Hentges was was outstanding. Uh, an inning and a third, uh, gave up one hit, struck out one. Uh, Class A, uh, an inning and two thirds, allowed one run uh, on one hit, and it was an unearned run. It was the inherited runner, uh, but uh, you know, one hit, two strikeouts. Uh, just uh, you know, when they needed to come out, come up big in a situation like that, they they certainly showed that they can do it. Yeah, classically, that's the first time we've seen him go more than one inning in a while, Joe. I don't know how many times he's done it this year, but not that many for sure. And and Hentges is is he looks like he's hitting, finding his stride finally. You know, he's been kind of up and down, but the last couple times out, he's he's looked really good. You know, good breaking ball. I really like his curveball, and it, or what if it's a curveball or slide or whatever it is. You know, it really has has complemented his uh, fastball. Yeah, and Tito said, uh, you know, the, the last time uh, that, that he worked, the last time we talked to him uh, back in Cleveland, that that Henches uh, had, you know, he missed all that time in spring training with the sore shoulder, and you know, really the the, the early part of the season was sort of his spring training to to sort of uh, feel his way back into where he was. Uh, at this point last year, Sam Henches was uh, a weapon out of that bullpen for for Tito, and it looks like he's sort of rounding into that form again. Uh, down the stretch uh, in this season. Uh, on the other side, uh, you know, we talked about the veterans who who joined the club, uh, you know, really sort of late in the year and, uh, you know, were, were being counted on for, for you know, uh, to, to play big roles here. Uh, Noah Syndergaard, uh, another acquisition uh, before the trade deadline, uh, who, uh, you know, you, you've got to feel on a human level, you've got to feel for the guy who, uh, on more than one occasion, just sort of bared his soul and, and told us that, you know, he, he's he's frustrated and, you know, he he's he hurts because, you know, baseball is his life. And right now, the the the, the game of baseball isn't loving him back. Uh, he struggled. But yesterday he got through uh, six innings. He gave up five earned runs, uh, three home runs. Uh, and his time with the Guardians is, is over because uh, the team announced that they designated him for assignment. Uh, after the game, and uh, he won't be with the Guardians moving forward uh, unless he he agrees to you know some sort of uh, outright assignment. Yeah, and uh, you know I think uh, you know I, I I got the feeling that he knew something was up you know when he went out there that this could have been his last start and he, he didn't pitch that bad Joe he just couldn't keep the ball in the park and that's been his problem since they you know they made the deal with the Dodgers to get him for Ahmed Rosario in late July. Uh, he's given up, uh, 10 home runs in his, you know, six starts with, uh, with Cleveland. Um, and he gave up three yesterday, two of them were two run homers. Um, you know, he looks, you know, there are times when he looks very good. He, you know, we saw him pitch well against the Dodgers, but there are times when, you know, when, when the home run comes up and bites him. And I think, you know, and there were some, you know, obviously other circumstances at work here. Cal Quantrill is coming off the uh, injured um, the injured list. He made a great rehab start Saturday night for Columbus. Uh, you know, he's due back to join the rotation probably at the end of this week. And uh, I think they wanted to, uh, the extra arm for the bullpen, you know, for this uh, twin series. Yeah, that's uh, that's the key there is that that. That spot in the rotation was just going to be taking up space uh, from now until, uh, you know, Friday when the, the Guardians are back home. So, you know, why not get another uh, arm up here? I, I would expect somebody like a Tim Heron to be the uh, the guy that they add to the roster 
uh, for the, the balance of this week and the balance of this road trip. Uh, they have an off day Thursday. So, uh, you know, then the rosters expand on uh, when they get back on Friday. So, uh, you know, they might not even have to make another move to get Quantrill back on the roster. You just you just add him when the rosters expand. Uh, and and who knows, we, we have yet to hear about uh, Josh Naylor and David Fry, who uh, David Fry is also out on a rehab assignment right now, and he looks like he's hitting the ball. We could have our uh, our fourth catcher on the roster as, as well <laughs> by, by Friday. Yeah, I mean, we got catchers all over the place, Joe. I mean, you know, a couple of years ago, they didn't have much catching depth. Now they they they're, they got, you know, you walk in the room and you bump into into a, a, a Cleveland catcher. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they handle that. You know, d- does Haas stay? Does you know what what how does it how does it unfold? But you know, I I I know Fry has earned a spot on this team. He's done a nice job in a utility role, and uh, Francona likes him. I think the organization likes him. So you know, it'll be interesting to see where he fits when he's ready to uh, come back. Yeah, and knowing David Fry, I I think if if the writing's on the wall, you know, and and Tito is has talked glowingly about him talking about his role on this team and, and carving out a niche on this team. Uh, I, I think David Fry would understand if he's got to, you know, make a couple of more rehab starts down in Columbus to get them to the point where he's uh, he's heated up and ready to go. Uh, you know, I, I think he would do that and not have a problem with it, but uh, they're not going to push, uh, you know, anything. I would expect to see him back, you know, when the, when the club uh, shows up in Cleveland on Friday. Uh, so, you know, there, there it is. We we're looking at, uh, you know, this upcoming C, uh, series for, uh, Cleveland against the, the twins and who's, who's really hot for, um, the, for, for Minnesota look no further than Ryan Jeffers, who, uh, you know, entered Sunday's play, uh, hitting 342 since the all-star break with six home runs and 19 RBIs. Uh, this guy is, uh, Doing it at the plate, uh, you know, really sort of uh, injecting some uh, some power into that uh, uh, Minnesota lineup. Uh, and Carlos Correa uh, had a 17 base on game uh, 17 game on base streak uh, going into Sunday as well. Uh, so a couple of the, the hotter guys in the lineup. Uh, the Guardians won't have to deal with Byron Buxton, who's on the injured list. Uh, uh, so it's it starts with Xavier uh, Curry versus Kenta Maeda tonight uh, in the Twin Cities. Yeah, Maeda was three and seven, uh, 4.22 ERA. But, you know, we saw him a couple years ago, Joe, when he was really, really good when he came over from the Dodgers. Uh, he has that, you know, that 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 disappearing ball, that fastball, that sinker that that is really tough to hit. Uh, and he, but he had Tommy John, so he's still coming back from that. But, you know, kind of a crafty guy, a guy that's hard to hit, that has given uh, Cleveland some problems in the past. Yeah, don't overlook Michael A. Taylor, uh, who's, you know, sort of taken over that center field spot from Buxton, who's been dealing with injuries all season. Uh, Taylor had a two-home run night the other night, and, uh, you know, it could be a, a surprise sort of wild card guy in that lineup. Uh, so, you know, this this series really sort of hinges on can the uh, the Guardians young starters get deep into games and get through the lineup two, three times uh, and and give these guys a chance to win uh, if you hand things over to the, the back end of that bullpen. 
Yeah, Joe, and uh, I think, uh, you know, another key here is, you know, can they score enough runs? You know, are they going to score enough runs? I mean, you know, this is a team where we've seen them, you know, we haven't really seen them, you know, kind of just roll out a stretch of games where they're scoring five, six, seven, eight runs a game. It's always, you know, a nail-biting kind of affair, and uh, they're going to have to score to win. Obviously, you got to score more runs than the other guy to win games, and uh, I think the burden's going to be on the offense. That's why it's good to see, you know, Calhoun and and uh, Lariano uh, swinging the bats well and also Jose swinging the bat well because you're going to have to beat the Twins. You're going to have to outscore them. Yeah, the veterans getting hot at uh, at just about the right time uh, for this series to take place. All right, want to remind our listeners that uh, you can subscribe to Guardian Subtext uh, by going to cleveland.com slash subtext or sending a text message for subscribe to uh, 216-208-4346. It's the fastest way to get up-to-the-minute Guardian's uh, reports and inside information uh, straight from the clubhouse, straight from Tito's pregame and postgame interviews. Uh, that's where we talk back and forth with our subscribers there. It's $3.99 a month to subscribe. Uh, we'd love to have you as part of our uh, subtext community. So uh, go ahead and log on to cleveland.com slash subtext or send a subscribe text message to 216-208-4346. Some potentially sad news here that, uh, you know, we saw a tweet from Bob Nightingale of USA Today uh, that mentioned uh, the passing of uh, Pat Corrales, uh, former Cleveland manager uh, for a long time. Uh, manager for uh, a few teams and uh, a coach here in Cleveland. Uh, we haven't quite yet been uh, been able to confirm uh, that through uh, other sources, but uh, if that's the case, if uh, Pat Corrales uh, has passed away at age 82, uh, he was certainly a guy in in his time in Cleveland that that really stood out to you. Yeah, he was. Uh, you know, my first I was that was my first year on the beat in uh, in uh, uh, 1983. Uh, Mike Ferraro was a, was the manager. He started the season. You know, he came over from the Yankees. He was a Yankees minor league manager. He yeah. got fired midway through the season, and Corrales, you know, took over for him. And Corrales yeah, and had been. I was going to say, wasn't Corrales fired in Philadelphia, and and they were in first place when he got yeah, canned? Yeah, he's the only manager ever to be fired with his team in first place. And he he was he was such a hard guy that uh you know he drove all those veteran guys in the with the Phillies. I think Pete Rose was on that team. He mm-hmm. drove them all crazy. And uh, so that's what was one of the reasons they fired him. He came over here and uh you know you always remember your kind of first manager, your first or second manager. You know, they kind of teach you the game if you're a writer. And mm-hmm. uh, Corrales was just he was just, uh, you know, he was he was a joy to cover. He was, you know, he could sense when he didn't have anything to write. He'd tell you a story. He'd, he'd do, you know, he'd say you should check this out. You know, he and he would, you know, he was he was really fun to fun to cover. And he was, Joe, he was the original, he was the original badass. He <laughs> he he just he 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 would tell you stories about the fights he'd been in in the minors, you know, and uh, you just remember him, you know, charging uh, uh, Dave Stewart in Oakland, trying to karate kick him and getting knocked and on knocked on all fours when when uh, you know Stewart hit him with a with a right hand to the jaw. It was it was always uh it was always an adventure to cover him. He was like. Uh, 
you know, the, the, it was like my, we called them Mount Corrales. You know, every every <laughs> like every once in a week, it, there would be an eruption. Well, I mean, you think about it. Draw some parallels here between, uh, you know, the the manager that you, you got at the beginning of your career as, as a beat writer here in Cleveland, uh, in, in Pat Corrales, and you know how he sort of was was able to help you through those 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 years too. Uh, and, and then, and, you know, Tito as, uh, you know, towards the end, you're finishing up with one of the best ones as, as well. Yeah. And, you know, Tito, you know, you, you don't, I mean, he has really calmed down, you know, you don't, you, I know he got ejected a couple of times this year, but <laughs> you know, he is just, uh, you know, he is kind of like a, he's the picture of tranquility next to a Corrales, but uh, and he has had a lot of much better teams to manage uh, than Corrales as well. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's an interesting, uh, you know, kind of a, what do they call that? A dichotomy? I don't know. Yeah, that's a big yeah, word. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. There you are. There you are. You, that, that, that's right out of the Tito playbook, ask, asking for the, uh, the definitions of words that you use. That, that's great. Uh, no, yes, it, it is an interesting dichotomy, but, uh, if, uh, if we come to find out that the Pat Corrales has indeed passed, uh, that's, you know, certainly a loss that will be felt throughout the league, not only by Cleveland, uh, but like you said, Philly and Texas and, uh, you know, he managed the Reds and he was a, a player uh, in, uh, in in, in a, a couple of different cities. Um, I, I think he was uh, made the last out of the 1970 uh, World Series on a ground out to Brooks Robinson. So, uh, yeah, you know. he's, uh, he was Johnny Bench's backup on the Reds, backup catcher. Uh, and he was, uh, you know, Bobby Cox's longtime bench coach for all those great uh, Atlanta teams. Uh, and, uh, you know, he, he did okay. He, he knew baseball and, you know, he liked it and he knew catching. He, he, uh, you know, he liked, he liked catchers that blocked the plate and, uh, called good games and didn't forget the signs. Yeah. And, uh, he was on the, the 95 Braves team that, that beat Cleveland in the world series. So that, that had to feel, uh, you know, pretty good for him. Uh, and then, uh, you know, later on in his, his, his career, he, he sort of morphed into a, an executive role, more of an advisory role to different teams. And uh, he was also uh, the first Mexican-American manager in in Major League Baseball. Yeah, and he had some uh, Native American blood in him. I mean, I I know he he told me that when he first got the job in Cleveland. He was, uh, and he liked tequila, Joe. He liked tequila. (laughs) I, I cannot drink tequila, one of the and one of the reasons is because of Pat Corrales. <laughs> That's uh, as Hoinsey can vouch for. Uh, you know some some nights in Tucson that w- that will go unmentioned on on today's podcast. Uh, all right, Hoinsey, that's going to wrap up today's edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Uh, we will come back and recap uh, the opener of this uh, critically important series between the Guardians and the Twins as uh, as the playoffs start tonight uh, in Minnesota. And we'll uh, we'll recap it all tomorrow, and we'll talk to you then. All right, Joe. 